What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, uh, part of our season coverage, and we're going to do a little mid-season recap or look forward to the second half of the season, I should say, an intermission, so to speak, uh, to do this with me. I've welcomed back, I've welcomed back a, maybe the first repeat guest on the show? Nah, uh, didn't, uh, Envy is the first Repeat you're guest. right. Yeah, you're right. Envy is the, was the first repeat guest, so we got a second repeat guest. Uh, one of the one of the best reviewed guests, actually, New Thank York you. turned LA native, Lucas Lyon, back to welcome welcoming you back to the show. But it's crazy because everything you said about the Knicks, I mean, you've got to be impressed with how that this has gone. Oh, I mean, thanks for having me back. But I am so happy with what's happened with the Knicks. I mean, it was. It, it's everything I could have hoped for and almost more. I think that we've we've done a really great job all around. I think our front office is really great. And I think our coaching staff is really tailored towards our team. I mean, I think we have four Kentucky guys on our team. Yeah, we have four Kentucky players. And having Kenny Payne there is great. He's been really, really positive for the development. Having Johnny Bryant there to help develop RJ is going to be fantastic. I mean, he's been playing phenomenal basketball the past month and a half he, he had a rough start to the season but he's been shooting like 50 percent from three-point line in the past month he had a he had a great february he julius randall i mean congrats on the all-star he's well well deserved Very. you know i think if the knicks keep st- if, if they keep their position and you know they keep playing the level of basketball we're capable of you know i he's he's most improved player for sure. Julius Randle? Yeah, most improved player for sure. He, I think, deserves to be in the MVP conversation. I don't think he deserves the MVP award because that's Joel Embiid all day. But the fact that he's let, truly led this Knicks team beyond anyone's expectations is is something that deserves significant rec- recognition. So. I mean, right now we got the Knicks currently standing at fifth in the East, 19 and 18. It's very tight between the you know the four seed Celtics, all the way down to I would even say the Wizards now. I know the Wizards are six games under five hundred. Celtics are two games over, but that's only around three and a half games. Yeah, and the you know I think that you know besides the Cavs, Magic, and Pistons. I mean we talked about the Pistons weren't going to be very good. They've completely yeah. performed to standard. Um, Cavaliers around the same with the injuries that they've had. They've clearly yeah. showed improvement with the guards, but their whole roster together, it's like, you know, Drummond is a moving part right now. Yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen to him. And then Orlando's been killed by the injury bug, but I don't think anyone's been losing sleep over the fact that they're not good. I think they're one of the more boring and stagnant teams in limbo in the league. Oh, yeah, the Magic the Magic have I've watched a couple of their games and, you know, they're they're very stagnant. They're very they're, they're very reliant on someone getting hot. Which Terrence Ross which usually doesn't work exactly. Um, the one thing I'll say about the Pistons is that I'm really happy that that Dennis Smith Jr. got traded there. I think that trade for Derrick Rose was was a really really great trade. I was gonna ask you about that. He had a rough year last year. He had injuries. He had a death in his family. He wasn't in the mindset to play good basketball. He was playing decent though, Derrick Rose last year. No, and no, Derrick really... Derek Rose was. Dennis oh, talking about Dennis Smith. Dennis okay. Smith Jr. He just wasn't in the mind state to be playing good basketball, which which is understandable. And then he comes in ready to play this season, but there was a whole change in the front office. So the front office that wanted him there 
was now gone. And so he kind of already knew he was on his way out. And so earlier this season, he volunteered himself to go to the G League because he said, I need to play. I need to get better. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that in the Knicks. I'm going to go play for Westchester. Um, and I thought that was a really, really bold and really honorable move because it's, it's like you know you can play. And you know that when if, if a team needs you, you know you'll be able to, to, to put, put up good numbers for them and, and play well. And so now seeing him in Detroit, now that he's starting because of the injuries, he's, he's averaging like 12 and 6 a game. He had a triple-double the other night, um, two games before the, uh, before the All-Star break. You know, so it's been really great to see him play. Uh, Detroit's a weird team. I don't really like Jeremy Grant because I think him leaving Denver was beyond stupid. Um, but I'm just I'm really happy that he's he's have he has the chance to play. Yeah, so. I mean, let's move back to the to the Knicks. I was gonna say, man, if you guys make the playoffs, I mean, let alone the plan, and I think the plan seems like somewhat. I don't want to say a lock, but it seems like it's pretty likely at this point, at least. I mean, but, I I don't want to say a lock just because. Right now, right now, since the East is so close, it's going to come down to our last two weeks. And our last six games, six of our last nine games are a Western, West, Western Conference road trip where we played the Clippers, the Suns, and the Lakers. It's going to be tough. And so it's going to be tough finishing the, finishing the season on that. Mm-hmm. And then we come back and we play the Spurs and the Celtics. Not easy either. And so... It's going to be tough, and I think it's going to come down to that. If we can, if we can steal one or two of those games against like the Clippers, Suns, or Lakers, and come back to Madison Square Garden and play well, we have fans in the stadium, so that'll be a big help. Um, I really think it's going to come down to that. I don't want to say the plan's a lock just because you never know with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think you never know too if like let's say Julius misses a week or two of basketball, yeah. that could be losses right there. Oh yeah, and, and I also you also don't know if Julius is gonna get burnt out. I mean I mean everyone knows Tibbs likes playing his stars. Julius and RJ Barrett, just wanna say this to the to the viewers. Julius Randle and RJ Barrett have played in every single game this season. And that I cannot even stress in twenty twenty one how important and how awesome that is. Julius plays thirty five minutes a game. Thirty seven according to the thirty seven. Okay. Thirty six point so, seven here. So before he was for a while he was first in the league in minutes and RJ was second. And then now he's I believe third in the league in, in minutes. Um he plays he plays hard as hell every night he can. And the one thing we're worried about is him getting burnt out a little bit. Because you know, the other night we were playing we were playing the Pistons and we were up twenty and Tibbs had Julius in. And it's like we're up twenty, take him out, let him yeah. get those extra minutes of rest. He played yeah. forty one minutes the night before. Um, or it'll be like we'll have a back to back and you'll play forty one minutes and, and thirty nine minutes in a back to back game. And it's like I'm worried that in a month and a half he's gonna get burnt out from playing that. But from what I've read in the Players Tribune, his uh, his interview with JJ Redick, he's prepared for this. And so he spent the extended offseason really, really working to be ready for this season and to make New York proud and to show everyone that last season was a fluke and that, you know, the Beyblade memes and, and, and all, the, all the, the, the criticism he got was deserved and was heard and he's made the necessary improvements. So 
it's really important to someone know. someone else we got a shout out to is uh Emmanuel Quickly who we didn't even talk about in the preview no we didn't talk about in the New York State of Mind I should say not the preview um and he's just been like a revelation one of the best rookies in the league oh absolutely I mean he got His flutter game is great I mean he got snubbed from the like the the whatever uh USA versus world lineup announcements I know they didn't play but you know he got snubbed just because he's from the US and there are a bunch of other there are other guards that were probably better. They had a roster for that? Yeah, they had... They had and he know, wasn't on it? He wasn't on it, no. Hey, what about Peyton Pritchard? Was he on it? Peyton Pritchard, I think so. I don't remember. I just saw Obi wasn't on it, obviously. But Obi's not. Yeah. You know, and, and I want to say one thing. Obi isn't a bust. I know a lot of people want to jump early to, to say that. Jump to him being a bust. He's playing behind Julius Randle, and he doesn't get minutes. He was injured he, in the beginning of the season, He was right? injured in the beginning of the season, and he came in being the... You know, being the primary option and a senior in Dayton playing 30 minutes a game to, you know, being in the NBA. And it's a big adjustment for players to make. And I think people are really, really quick to jump on a player and say, they're a bust. They're a bust. Very and, good. And you look at someone like Andrew Wiggins. I mean, I've been a big Andrew Wiggins criticizer for a long time. Same. And you look at him now in, in, in Golden State, and he's playing Very great well. basketball. Yeah. It's just, it just not the expectation. I mean, the expectation. He hasn't definitely not fulfilled his his potential, and it depends. You know, what's your definition of a bust? Is there a criteria for the first overall pick? Do they need to be like an all star? Because like, if I guess you could say that Wiggins is a bust in that regard, but he's still a good basketball player that can help teams. I mean, he's. It's beyond being a good basketball player that can help teams. Like, like you know, you take someone like, for instance, Patty Mills is a good basketball player who can help teams very much. Andrew Wiggins comes in, and now he's. The second or third option on the Warriors. Yeah, second more know? often than not. And and so being being able to step up and be the second option behind someone like Steph Curry, you know, forget being an All Star. That doesn't really matter at this point. He's once Clay comes back in the Warriors next year, they're gonna be they're gonna be a problem. Very much so. And they're gonna be a problem because now they have another defensive presence, someone to help Clay, someone to help Draymond. And, you know, I think Wiseman's been fantastic. I really, really like him. Yeah, the only thing with Wiseman is they uh, they took him out of the starting lineup for better fit for Looney. Yeah. And then he got injured and he missed a bunch of games. Yeah. So he's he's kind of like struggled to get get back into form. I love the potential of Wiseman. I think he started yeah. out the season showing a lot of it. But it's tough because it's like this was always the interesting thing with the Warriors getting such a high pick was like – you have a team that's on schedule to want to be a contender now in like not this yeah. year but this is Curry's prime. Curry's one of the best players of all time. Um and Wiseman's a rookie. Mm-hmm. So like you obviously it's nice to have those young guys but it's hard to for a young player to develop on a win now team. Yeah. I I I think that but and I, I agree with that except for the fact that the Warriors have Draymond Green and having someone like Draymond is like in New York how we have Derrick Rose, where they're a player who's going to hold you accountable on the court. They're going to hold you accountable off the court. And so when Derrick Rose came to New York, the first thing he did was he took Obi and Emmanuel quickly out to dinner. He gave him his phone number. He said, call me whenever. And he's been their like, voice of reason and been, been a big help for them. And you know, I want to go back to Emmanuel quickly because he's, you know, I mean, he's exceeded everyone's expectations. He, I, he was... You know, he he came in like the 25th pick in the draft. And, you know, CBS gave us a, a D plus on that draft pick. Wow. Um, 
and he's just been he's just been great. He has poise. He he's not afraid of you know of missing shots, and I think that's big for rookies because a lot of rookies get really discouraged from shooting. And he'll have games. I mean, he'll have his rookie games where he shoots 0 for nine. But the fact is, is that he's not going to be afraid of taking that tenth shot. You know, he's not going to be afraid of coming out the next game and shooting another ten shots uh, because you know next game he could have ten shots and have 25 points. You know. Um, He's a really smart player. It's clear that he's, you know, really focused on the correct things. I, I'm worried. One one thing I'm worried about is him kind of falling into the more modern point guard style because I sometimes see him pulling threes from a little too far back. He'll shoot like a 30-footer when he shouldn't really be shooting those. Yeah, um, I've noticed that too. Sometimes they go in, you know, like, and, and it's great. and it's, it's a good shot. You know, he definitely draws, tries to draw fouls a little too much. He's not, you know, you're not Trey Young yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're good at it, but you're on the Knicks and you're a rookie, and you're not always going to get those calls. So, but I I like the I like the aggressiveness to try to get to the line. But then it's there's times where he and, and Clyde always says this. He says instead of shooting the floater and trying to draw the foul, just stop and pop a jumper. There's just, so many players <clears> on the NBA that don't do that exactly. Anymore. And and so I think sometimes modern guards try to make things a little more difficult for themselves. Oh, definitely. And I no hope, question. I hope that Tibbs and Derrick Rose, especially, help point him in the direction of let's make it as easy as possible. Because Tibbs isn't this modern play style coach. You know, he he's defense. He doesn't like a lot of threes. He doesn't like. You know, he just likes good basketball. Uh, and I, I mean, I've been beyond impressed by Emmanuel quickly. He's incredible from the free throw line, and you know he. He plays great at end of games, and so I, I know he's going to have a great career. So, if you guys make the playoffs, you thinking Tibbs Coach of the Year for sure? Yeah, I agree. Well, I think he has to be. I mean, I, I had the Knicks finishing the worst in the conference. I really had the Knicks finishing the worst in the conference, and I think that's more of two things—a testament to Tibbs and the coaching, but also Julius Randle. I, I said if you, Julius Randle's the best player on your team. You're not doing very well in this league. That's because Julius Randle shut me up, and I'm a, I actually like Julius Randle. Like I yeah. watched him at Kentucky. I remember that championship and his run in 2014. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I felt very sympathetic for him when he got injured and fractured yeah. his tibia. I think it was fracturing his tibia on the first Laker, his first game of his career. First 15 minutes. Yeah, like, and you know, I got to see him, but I was also a big Julius Randle advocate when Laker fans were getting on him for having tunnel vision yeah. and being reckless because I used to think like he actually really worked hard. He was something the Lakers needed, and I do. And I also saw him at Pepperdine working out one time, but. <laughs> I just, you know, it wasn't more so about hating on Julius. It's just I just didn't really think that if Julius Randle is your best player, you're not going to get anywhere in this league. And yeah. he has proven us all wrong. So 19 and 18 is where the Knicks stand right now. Let's talk about some other teams. Yeah. Uh, the Wizards have picked it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Rus- it's all about Russell Westbrook. Oh, I, and this is what I can't stand, though. They're one of our dime dropper teams. And a lot of people make so many excuses for these stars, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Everybody, because now, nowadays in today's NBA, we're moving into the it's all the organization's fault, not the stars. For too long, yeah. we blame the players. In my opinion, I just think that it's a mix. I think that there's a huge lack of accountability factor to the players in, yeah. in today's media. And I think that they pick like the wrong players to get. Like They'll bombard Paul George and guys like that incessantly. But, you know, because they're in the spotlight. But a guy like yeah. Bradley Beal, who in the beginning of the season he was putting up great numbers. I'm not saying he was playing bad by any means. He was playing well. But he wasn't playing great just because he was scoring 30 a game. Because yeah. his defensive energy wasn't there. He wasn't leading by any means. His points, like, there was 
it was just points. Like you're just putting points somewhere. You're losing every time. It's no, there's no, you're not controlling pace. You're not dictating the flow of the game. You're not like there's a, there's a, there's like a thirty points when it's really affecting the game. Then there's just thirty points. Yeah. And, but exactly. I think it's it was mostly though the Wizards struggles. Not just you know they had Rui Hachimura injured, but mm-hmm. mostly Westbrook. In the beginning of the season, he he said it himself. He didn't look the same. He wasn't attacking the basket. No. So what is Russell Westbrook when he's not attacking the basket? Nothing. Exactly. Not a very yeah. great player. So now that he's starting to, you know, he feels a little healthier, getting to the rim more, he's starting to turn into that old Russ, and it's not about the triple-doubles. He was putting up those triple-doubles in the beginning of the yeah. season with all those empty rebounds and passing it to trailers, but it's the best way Russell Westbrook has been is when he really creates for people, when people really are worried about him scoring. Yeah. And I think that's the real change with the Wizards. Obviously, Rui Hachimura back. You know, they've had injuries. Thomas Bryant is out for the season now. They've had a lot of injuries. It's not been an easy season. But Bradley Beal at one point, when Westbrook was playing really badly, and he was seeing all the free Beal, hashtag free Beal, all this stuff, when it's like, guys, they just got Russell Westbrook. Let's give it to the end of the season. Beal wanted to be in Washington, D.C. He re-signed. So I thought it was like, and you saw his wife tweeting and stuff like that Mm -hmm. too. I feel as though like, these people were getting in his head. And I saw yeah. him pouting and like he wouldn't get back on defense sometimes. He would just complain. And now his the whole mood of this team has changed. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the article in The Athletic? About... No, I don't, have no, I don't have no subscription. So, so there was this article in The Athletic about Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal and how they have this friendship. And when Bradley Beal was going to resign and when, when he had the option, he was, he was looking elsewhere and he called Damian Lillard and he said, what do I do? Because... You've stayed in Portland. They came in the league at the same time. You've stayed in Portland. You guys have been moderately successful, you know, but you could go elsewhere. You know, you could go, he could go anywhere in, in, in the league, anywhere he wanted to team up with anyone. And they talked about how they value creating something where they are rather than going out and, and organically, and, you know, exactly creating something organically where they are and building with their city and then you look at their lives, and it's like Bradley Beal has been working out with Drew Hanlon for his entire career. You know, Bradley Beal played for the same AAU team that's now named after him because he funds them. And Damian Lillard, instead of playing for one of Oakland's, you know, one of the Bay Area, you know, premier AAU teams, he played for like the local Oakland high school. And, you know, he could have gotten D1, he could have won anywhere, but instead he wanted to play somewhere that represented him. He got his, you know, he went to Weber State, right? Who? Lillard. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, you know, he went there and he he knew his worth. And so Bradley Beal wants to stay in Washington. He doesn't, it's not that he, he would rather win a championship in Washington than go elsewhere. Even, I mean, and then come to New York, because I know the Knicks want him. Come to New York and win a championship for the Knicks. And... You know, so there's something that that shows true character in that, and then I think the thing is is that people expect a superstar to come in and everything to just click. And the fact is is that Westbrook was coming off an injury. He's coming into a new environment with a coach he hadn't played for in a, in a while, and who's also been terrible. I'm not, been, I'm oh, say, oh, here's yeah. another thing about the Wizards. I, I will say I know I just gave Beal some mm-hmm. shit and I gave Russell Westbrook a bunch yeah. of shit, but. That's only because I believe that basketball is a player sport, and no matter what the co- sorry, no matter what the coach does, I still feel as though the players are on the court that can yeah. dictate the effort and tempo of a game. However, if I was to say that this Wizards team has been put 
in the right positions to win by the organization and the coach, I'd be lying to you. Oh, They've been not. a poorly run organization. They've done a terrible job constructing this roster. Scott Brooks should have been fired months ago. Somehow, because Beal and Westbrook are so good, and, and honestly, Rui Hachimura is a talented young player. I think yeah. like his defense is very good because he's stronger and you know he's got that good build to, to guard like the LeBrons of the world yeah. and types of you know he's and he's not bad laterally either. I think the Thomas Bryant injury hurt, but I also think another guy that I don't like the way he's been de- getting developed, like they're not doing a good enough job developing him in my opinion, is Denny uh, oh, Avdia. Very, I think he's very talented, has a lot of potential, but he's not getting the best development right now. However, if this Wizards team makes the playoffs, mm-hmm. nothing better than playoff experience. Exactly. And if, I, yeah. And I think that the thing is, is that Scott Brooks has not been, he hasn't been a good coach. Um, I don't think he's ever really been a good coach. And if people um, want specifics, the reasons are lineup decisions. Like he'll often put in three guard lineup, three point guards: yeah. Ish Smith, Westbrook, and Raul Neto at once, which is a total like, what are those guys doing off the ball? Secondly, what are they doing defensively, getting over screens? It's not enough length and size against these modern guards and forwards. And then you know benching Denny Avdia and you know leaving Davis Bertans in too long at the beginning of the season. That's another reason they've been doing yeah. so much better. Is Bertans is starting starting to finally find his form? Yeah. Not playing Mo Wagner, you know. They're not playing Isak Bonga in terms where they needed some defense. Just a team when you know when a team like your Knicks team, you can you can yeah. say it's the opposite. You know when a team is their coaches are doing the parts of the team communicating well, yeah. and the effort level is there. The Wizards were not like that in the beginning. I mean, I watch I watch Knicks games and I can see when something's happening and I know okay, Tibbs is going to call a timeout right now. And every time I think that he calls a timeout, it's 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 every time something goes, anytime a team goes on a run. He doesn't let the run continue. He calls a timeout. He ends the run. He makes a play, makes an inbounds play or whatever it is, and we get a bucket or two. Mm-hmm. He makes a lineup decision. He has his issues. He hasn't been a great third-quarter coach, but that's beyond the point. Um, the thing with, with the Wizards is that you know Westbrook was definitely more hesitant. hesitant. In the beginning of the year, he was shooting way too much. And these are all jumpers. They weren't in, around yeah, the basket. So it's like, jumpers. okay. And the thing is, is that Westbrook's a player like Jimmy Butler who who needs to get going in the inside a little bit, get a couple good touches around the rim, get a couple good, like, you know, eight footers. And then he just sees and that then ball go in. He sees the ball go in. He gets eight points on the board in, you know, the first, whatever, 12 minutes he's playing, 13 minutes he's playing. Then he can step out, shoot a couple 15 footers, hit a couple threes. But the fact is, is that when he comes out and he shoots three threes and he misses them all, and then he takes a couple mid ranges and he misses, he makes one, and suddenly he's what one for five. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then and then that causes him to push the ball more, and it causes him to turn the ball over more. It, excuse me, it causes empty possessions. It causes a lot of negative, you know, a lot of negative things for the team. But then at the end of the game, he always has good stats. Westbrook's always going to be Westbrook. He's always going to have his whatever, eighteen points, his ten assists, and eight rebounds, or whatever it is. I think the biggest thing about Russ and Beal have been the difference that they've made defensively, just effort-wise. That's yeah. the biggest thing I've noticed. It's just like, we, we, we talk about all these stars and what they're doing. They're doing all this. Why do we only talk about offense? We never talk about what they do oh, on absolutely. defense. And I think too many stars get passes for that. But let's, um, let's move on to another star who gets a lot mm-hmm. of passes from people, and I've purposely watched them this season to see it. Their coach just got fired, though, and they're 2-0 under their new coach, Nate McMillan. The Atlanta Hawks currently sit at... 11th in the East. I had mm-hmm. them at 9th. They've had their injury bug as well with Bogdanovich, Gallinari, and now DeAndre Hunter. They're 16-20, and 20, which mm-hmm. is literally a game out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this team. It's really going to come down to 
Trey Young being a leader? How much is Nate McMillan gonna put him in positions where it's not just him dominating the ball? I don't know. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen uh, like a Nate McMillan coach team in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have a lot of issues personally with Trey Young with with the way he plays. He plays with a lot of what looks like effort on offense and then no effort on defense. And he's a liability at end of games. I've seen it multiple times this season where he tries to draw fouls too much. Yep, and they don't call and, it in the fourth. And they don't call it in the fourth, but it's also that teams aren't fouling him. Because because from what I've watched when when, when we've we've played them. You played them twice and beat them twice. And both times we were when we beat them the first time, we were down fifteen. Yeah, I watched that I remember you that know? game vividly. They and should not have lost. And Trey blew it. Trey totally blew it. And the thing is is that when a player is guarding him and they know that he's not going to try and take a step back three and create space. He's going to try and lean into you. You know, I saw it a couple times. Emmanuel quickly was guarding him, and he just put his hands behind his back because he knew he was going to lean into him, and he was expecting a contact. So if he knew he was going to lean into him and he didn't give him that contact, he knew it was going to be a brick. Yep. And so he does that a lot instead of trying to find the best shot possible. Um, I think... John Collins is great. Yeah, I just don't think they... It's same thing with, as I say, with Denny Avdia. I just think there's ways that you can try to develop this guy more than yeah. just making him a pick-and-pop guy, slasher. Yeah. You know, he, he gets... John Collins gets his points a lot of times because he works for his points. He'll be oh, on the offensive time. glass. He'll cut. Like, this guy has untapped potential. What I wanted, what I think the Hawks need to do is obviously institute more ball movement into mm-hmm. their offense. And this is when we find out. Is it going to be... Uh, if, if they keep doing just high pick and roll with Trey... It's going to show to me, it's not yeah. just a coach. It was, it's Trey Young. That's what yeah. he wants to do. That's how he wants to play. At the end of the day, he's the one of the point guard on these teams in the NBA. They're the ones out there that can call a play or call an audible and read the defense. They're the ones at the end of the day that make the call. Yeah. I think the Hawks theoretically should be, a, they should be a better team than they are. Yeah. They, they have the personnel. They've had injuries. You know, Clint Capella's. A beast. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's been very been, good. He's been really, really good. He's a threat everywhere. I think that the high pick and roll with Trey is a good play. It's, it's, it's amazing. Good. You get guarantee you a good know, shot of it. The problem is the ball doesn't move, and then that puts people in boxes yeah. sometimes. The thing is that the DeAndre Hunter entry was a, was was a, really big. Really hurt them because he's playing really, really good basketball. Yeah, he was great. Cam Reddish has been playing better basketball. Better, but still, he you know. still struggles to find consistency. I mean, I think I think a lot of Hawks fans are growing a little frustrated with him that yeah. he hasn't produced at all. But once again, it's another re- another reason why I think it's partially the, the thing is because he doesn't get a chance to really... I've seen potential from him. He, but Just making him, oh, Cam missing so many open threes, like maybe yeah. that's not really his game. That's the thing is that with, with players like that, you need to get... You know that that is when you can look to the organization and say what is the organization doing wrong, and you know I can go back to the Knicks again where we didn't have that before. We we didn't have an organization that would say okay what are we doing wrong? How can we better build these players? And now with like Leon Rose and World Wide West and Steve Stout and, and Tom Thibodeau, we everyone looked at okay how can we make this team better? Now we make our players better, and they brought in the the, the correct personnel correct coaching personnel to help develop our players. And the Hawks need to do it because they have so many good assets. And they could be a very, very dangerous playoff team in two years. And, I mean, here's my thing. Even with the whole heliocentric offense of Trey Young dominating the ball, I still think if it comes down to it, like, they should still make the playoffs this year. Or at least the Maybe. play-in. They should make they, the play-in. I, I mean... He should be able to close out these games, man. And DeAndre's coming back. It's not like he's out for the year. He's coming back. 
I just think they should make the play-in, but I don't think they make the playoffs. All right. We'll see how it goes. And then right now, the Indiana Pacers have struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of injuries. TJ Warren, they have the trade. They haven't really gotten Karis LeVert. He hasn't yeah. played a game yet. Brogdon's fallen off a little bit. He got hurt. Oh, and well, and got hurt. But they're the 10th seed, 16 and 19. Uh, is it time of panic for them, or do you think they'll no. still be fine? Yeah, they're I think fine. They're, they're fine, too. They're fine. They, yeah. They've had injuries. They've had, you know, I mean, we played them three times, and, and you know, RJ plays great against We have a great matchup against them, but they got a lot of their difficult matchups out, uh, out of the way now. I think once people come back from injuries, they'll kind of hit their stride. They're a very good team. They just, they get a little stagnant sometimes. Sabonis gets a little... You know, he gets frustrated very easily sometimes. And they tend to flop when that happens. Um, he also complains a lot. And so when he's not getting calls, he stops shooting well. Um, and so, and that's the thing is that he, he stopped, he doesn't get calls. And he turns to the ref to complain and then teams get buckets. Mm-hmm. And then he's more frustrated about the fact that he's not getting calls when he, maybe they are missing calls, but that's beyond the point. Excuse me, shut up and play basketball, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, don't don't turn around and complain to the ref when, you know, it's a it's a three-on-two fast break and you're standing in the backcourt. Yeah. Um, so it's things like that where, you know, they have their issues. I think once they're fully healthy and they're back, I, I have... And this is why I don't think the Hawks are going to be a playoff team is I think that the Pacers are a playoff team. I think that we're, the Knicks are a playoff team, and I think the Hornets are potentially a playoff team. Mm-hmm. That's a good segue right into mm-hmm. the Hornets mm-hmm. who have been and the Bulls, who have been pretty surprising, the both of them. They're right in that mix with these teams. Yeah. Currently, we have the Bulls at the 9th seed at 16 and 18. Zach Levine's been having an amazing season. Yeah. I don't think there's too much to say about it except for he, he was just been a deserved all-star, but do you, do you see them making the plan? They're making the plan. You think so? Yeah, I think, I think they have a lot of assets. They have a lot of... You know, Laurie Markkinen's been playing well. So, He's, who's not, will you take the Wizards are not making the plan in favor of Chicago? I don't know. The plans, plans top set, ten, top ten, right? Right now, the Bulls are ninth and the Wizards are twelfth, but they're separated for by just two games. I think it's gonna. I think that last spot for the plan is gonna come down to the 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 Bulls, the Wizards, and the Hawks. I I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be very close. It's probably gonna be a tiebreaker for at least one of the. Like two of the teams, um, it just depends on how they can finish out the season. I think that the Bulls, they're not good in the clutch. They lose. They they've they've lost. I think they're like nine and twelve or nine and thirteen in games that they in games that are within five points within like the last five minutes of the game. And so they're not very good at closing out games. And sometimes it's just. It's just players are gonna do what they do. Like Damian Lillard is, is you know, yeah. He just, that was a good, that was game, that game winner. Know. Yeah. And there, there are just things like that that are just gonna happen, and there's nothing you can really do about it. Um, but the fact is, is that you know they they don't play well in the clutch. They're a young team. Yeah. And Zach Levine's playing great basketball, but I think also the rumors of him leaving are hurting them. Where is Zach Levine gonna go? Who's gonna trade for him and stuff like that? And, and this is where it's time for the Bulls organization mm-hmm. to bring, give him incentive to stay because they're a big, yeah. they're the Chicago Bulls. Like this yeah. was a, this is a dynasty. You know, I know it's not the same now, but it's like they are still. Those fans are craving for like this has been the worst period of Bulls basketball since Michael Jordan, since we've mm-hmm. been alive. Yeah, there's no question about it because yeah. they've always been competitive when we were kids. Yeah, and you know it's sad to see that, but right now at least they've got some optimism. I think Billy D is just. 
a good, a solid coach. He's yeah. not a, he may not be a championship coach in the NBA, but he's not a bad coach by any means. No, he's, he's, he's doing an, a decent job with the team. It's just, you know, it's just I don't think they have the talent. I, I'm surprised that, <laughs> that they're doing this well. You know, and Thaddeus Young has been playing surprisingly well for them. Um, Kobe White has been playing well. You know, it's, it's a team like in, in the initial I have with, with the way basketball is now is that when a player isn't doing well on a team, you know, it's not, okay, what can the team, what can the front office do to keep them? It's what, what will the front office do so they can get something for them because they know they're going to leave. And it's like, so the, the Bulls are going to trade Zach Levine because he's going to leave. Or the Wizards are going to trade Bradley Beal because he's going to leave in the summer, so they need to get something from him. But really, it should be okay. They want to keep Bradley Beal. They don't want. To, they don't want to lose. It's him. Like the Bucks did with Giannis. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to lose him. So what can we do? Who can we trade for? You know, we we have to make the difficult decisions. You know, to, to retain this player because Zach Levine's a franchise player. Abs one hundred percent is a franchise player. Uh, I mean, how old is he? He's like twenty three, right? Twenty four, something like that. He's young, and so you know, and he's playing incredible basketball right now. He's really really hungry he's very you know he he's just an all-around very good player yeah um and i think the bulls have something there yeah they just need to they just need a point guard if, if kobe white's it then it's kobe white yeah um and they just need a little bit better player development and maybe a couple maybe another better second option um, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, I think, the main thing. Better second option would yeah. be big time. I think uh, So then we have the Raptors, who uh, started out slow, but I think they're going to be fine. They're sitting yeah. at 8th place, 17-19. No, you know, Lost Ibaka, lost Gasol. Mm-hmm. Teams are starting to zero in on Siakam a little bit more. They know his yeah. game. And then Lowry is uh, getting older still. He's still good, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's too much there. Charlotte's been impressive. 7 seed, 17 and 18. You know, LaMelo Ball's been really turning heads with his rookie of the year yeah. type stuff. They're I exciting. LaMelo Ball is the rookie of the year. Yeah, like it's pretty not, consensus. It's not, it's not even a contest. It's not, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, Anthony Edwards, Emmanuel Quickly, um, Wiseman. Wiseman, they have rookie games. And, and LaMelo doesn't really have that. You know, he has game. He comes not out with poise. He doesn't have as many games where he's just kind of doing stupid rookie shit. Yeah. Um, I think that... They're exciting, they're, these guys. They're, Terry Rozier's been killing it this they're, year. They're the most fun team I've watched. Just just purely fun. I mean, their games are always going to be ridiculous. Yeah. There's always going to be something, you know, something crazy is going to happen. Gordon Hayward's been playing phenomenal awesome. basketball 20, when he's playing. 21 points a game. You know, and... and it's one of those things where you look at it, it's like 21 points a game. What does he have? Probably like six rebounds and three assists or something? Uh, five rebounds, four assists. Okay. Um, you know, so so you look at that and you're like, all right, those are good stats. But the difference he makes on the court, the difference is just his presence makes is so dangerous because now he's someone that, you know, Terry Rozier is is a bucket getter, but he's also streaky. Very. Gordon's not streaky. He's more You give Gordon the ball, he's, he's going to get a bucket. So then, so then you have to be worried about that. And then you have people like Malik Monk, who's playing really well. P.J. Washington, who's playing well. LaMelo, Terry Rozier, you know. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, I hope they make the plan. I think it looks like they're going to at this point. And mm-hmm. it's going to just be fun, not because of LaMelo, just because that just the vibe of their team is hilarious. And obviously, they, you know, they got a great broadcasting duo, Eric Collins, Del, Cur- Del Curry. Oh, so yeah. So it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be fun. Um, they're an exciting team. Yeah, and, and, and it's just, it's great to have really fun teams playing in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
So then we ended up with the, the, the big dogs. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics, I've talked about them at length this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's too much to say for me. I've, I talk I d- talk about them every game. So I think it's all about health, getting Marcus Smart back, yeah. and just building consistency uh, going into the playoffs for them. I don't really like the Celtics that much this year. I think they're too stagnant. I think. Oh, yeah. Um, we talked about this with Brad yeah. and all that. You know, I think that they, they need some change. I think that it's just, you know, they're too predictable. Yeah. And and Tatum, you can only stop so much. So And JB has been unbelievable JB, this season. So so they have the moves that you can't really stop. And, and like, Tatum's sidestep is, you, you can't guard and it's going to go in or it's going to miss. Yeah, and you got to live with the results there. But so, the thing is, is that they were he relies on that too much. He yeah. relies on he relies on the shots that he knows they can't guard rather than you know taking the easy shot. He thinks he's Kobe to some extent when he doesn't need to be six nine. Yeah, you know six ten. And, like, and, and the thing is, he's six ten. He can take people off the dribble. He can shoot. So take him off the dribble, beat him to the basket. You know, and make you know plays. we we saw this against the Wizards yeah. the other day where he went to the basket three times at the end the end of the game and he won them the game yeah. because he didn't settle. And you know, if you talk about the Celtics, they've won. Their last four games going into the break, and a huge reason for that has been Kemba Walker's look better. Yeah. So it's really all about, to me, that's the biggest difference with the Celtics. The pre-bubble, the pre-glorified Summer League Celtics were great because Kemba was Kemba. Yeah. After the injury, hasn't looked the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, for their sake, that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, what about the Heat? You know, we start they started out slow, but it's, it's really this season has shown us, one, Jake Crowder was a bad loss, and two, Jimmy Butler makes the team Tick. Jay Crowder was a bad loss. Gorn's been hurt. Yeah. So that's but Jimmy a, Buckets. That's man. a big loss. But Jimmy is, you know, I mean, he he's he's a superstar for a reason, and he's one of those players that that you know leaves it all on the court. He loves playing basketball. I think sometimes players on the players treat playing basketball like it's a job because it is for them. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy. You see that every time he's on the court, he feels lucky to be on the court. Mm-hmm. And he feels really happy to be where he is. Um, and that's great to see. And that, that rubs off on everyone else on the team. It rubs off on like the rookies, like Kendrick, or the, you know, the young players like Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and, and Duncan and Bam, who come in and they're looking up to him. And they see he's someone that, that puts it all on the floor, who has fun, who really, really cares about everyone on the team mm. and then that makes them want to care for the guy next to them yeah Jimmy Butler there he's played 22 games this season the heat are 14 and eight in the games that he plays in the games that he doesn't play they're four and ten yeah which tells you the whole story I think the heat are gonna be fine I think that yeah. they I, I was hoping they would get Blake because I think that the Olenek is just not good enough to start mm-hmm. I think that like a loss like a Derek Jones jr was really bad for yeah. them because it kills them on the defensive end and he just Olenek's super one-dimensional to me. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I think they're still going to be dangerous come playoff time. And I think they, they should try to make one little tweak to, to get Olenek to the bench. They need yeah, they, they need to fill that spot with, yeah. with Olenek. If I they want to compete for he's, championships. He's, he's a very good bench player. Yeah, that's I'd, what I think I'd, too. I'd love to have Olenek coming off my bench because he can get hot very, very easily. He, he causes the defense a lot of issues because he can play around the basket, but he can also shoot. He's just not... He's not a starting player, yeah. in my opinion. Bucks, I think it's pretty safe what we know about them. I think that they're starting to figure it out as the season has gone on more and more. Yeah. I think that it's all about having Holiday healthy and then mm-hmm. Giannis playing hard. And I mean, ultimately though, man, I just don't think the team's going to win a championship because Giannis, it was too short of a turnaround the glorified Summer League to now. I just yeah. don't think Giannis has made that improvement to his game to take this team over the hump. Not really. I mean, I mean, the Bucks are... 
I think Drew is a great addition. I mean, he's they they really really needed someone like him. It's I mean, all about matchups to me for the know, for the Bucks. Yeah. Chris Middleton's great. They're 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 a very good team. I I you know I don't really see them being a championship team right now. I think that Giannis could have it in the future. Yeah. Um, you know I don't think he needs like a a, a jumper necessarily, but he needs more moves around the basket. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, because you can't just steamroll people every time down the floor. Yeah, from the because, top of the key. They're gonna they're gonna expect it, and then you're gonna get frustrated, and. What also happens is Giannis also puts up a lot of empty stats. Where he'll have a 30.18 rebound game, and they'll lose. But you think, well, Giannis had 30 and 18, so it's not Giannis' fault. Yeah, it's BS. Um, So, obviously, like, like, there wasn't enough turnaround for him to improve significantly. I think, you know, this season, probably, they'll probably make it out of the second round, maybe. Um... But I think next season is like champion, champion finals or bust for them. I feel that. And then you got the Nets and the Sixers at the end to round out the East. Mm-hmm. We've gone on a little long about the East, but yeah. the Nets, I mean, they got Blake. I don't think that does too much for them. I think he's just another option that can hit open shots and, you know, good for when people trap Harden on pick and rolls. He can make nice reads, yeah. but I, I don't think it's any game changer. I hate how they're treating. Like it's like, Blake like, Griffin from 2016 yeah, like, or 2015. Like they're getting, they're getting Lob City Blake. Like you're not. Yeah. You're getting someone who's afraid of contact. Yeah. And I understand why Blake's that way because he's afraid of getting hurt. Yeah. And it's it's it makes sense. But the fact is is that is that's not what they need. You think there's they, any chance? Yeah, I know. I mean, the only thing is – here's my thing though. This team is super talented. I think mm-hmm. Harden's been impressive with the fact yeah. that he's, he's kind of thrown out the I'm going to score points. It's more now – I'm going to win games. Yeah, well, it's more. I'm gonna create a good shot yeah. for my team, so it's a lot of thirty and ten type of thing, yeah. uh, twenty five and twelve, and Kyrie as it, like it's just so much more suited for Kyrie. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing: this guy looks like a point guard. He's a complete mindset of a two. Yeah. He has he does no care in the world to try to get everybody else involved. What he wants to do is he wants to get buckets and he wants to be unguardable. Yeah, and I think it fits him better the way he's played now. Uh, I think the only problem with this team is Kevin Durant has been so in and out of the lineup. Yeah. That will they have that full chemistry? Well, well, you know, are they talented enough to overcome the lack of g- games together? And now it's the second half of the season. You'd want to see if you're the Nets, KD, and because right now Kyrie and Harden are building some great chemistry. But what about yeah. all three of them together? You know, Harden's not gonna have the ball in his hands a lot because mm-hmm. the best part on this team is still Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think I've been really impressed by Harden because he's with Houston. He was really focused on scoring as many points and as many points as he could. In in that interview that Kobe and T Mac did with Rachel Nichols a few years ago, you know Kobe was like, "I'm not, you know, he's that's not winning basketball. Yeah, you know, that's great that he that's that's incredible that he's putting those kind of numbers up, but he's never gonna win doing that." And I think Harden recognized that, and he's on a team where he says, "My primary goal is to score is is to help this team win games." And if that's by putting up 30, then that's by putting up 30. If that's by having 15 assists, that's by having 15 assists. Um, you know, Kyrie is definitely a two guard, and it really suits him. I don't think there's going to be a lot of chemistry issues when Durant comes back, just because. I wouldn't say it's chemistry issues. It's more like, are they going to be able to play at a level in which they're going to be able to win the championship, even with this guy having missed games? I think stuff. So. I think so. Uh, and then we have the Sixers. Obviously, Embiid is our MVP. Ben Simmons is. 
my defensive player of the year front runner right now. Yeah. I think Glenn's done a good job with this team. I think he's run the offense through Embiid, which makes Ben Simmons yeah. play focus on defense, which is honestly, in my opinion, great common sense. Yeah. I think it was so stupid to have Ben Simmons act like a Giannis and just dribble over the top of the key and run pick and rolls. Like, dude, this guy yeah. is not that. Like, you have one of the most talented big men in the last 20 years. Yeah. And you're using him that way. So, credit to Glenn. I'll give it to him. Do you, if you had to pick right now, um, I don't know who you picked to get out of the East this year. Who you got? Nets? At this point? I don't think the Sixers are getting know. out of the East, man. I just think that. I, I think they have the best chance of beating Brooklyn. But I would think that. I don't know, man. I could see them getting upset by someone it, it, else. It depends. It really depends on how much Durant plays in the playoffs. Yeah. If if Durant is still in and out of the lineup in the playoffs, I think he'll be there. It, I think so too. My but, thing is, does a team have the interior scorer to to beat Brooklyn? No. Oh, it's oh, not even a rim protector. Well, it's more so can somebody exploit an individual defender on the inside because they're going to try to switch everything. That's what they're going to try to I, do. I think I think Embiid is dangerous to the point where you know if if in a series it's if it's Sixers Nets in a series. I think I would take the Sixers in seven. Yeah, I feel um, you on that. Just and I beat. think if they win that series, they're going to the finals. I I don't see Milwaukee being able to stop Embiid. I, I I really just don't see anyone being able to stop Embiid, and that that and then that causes a lot of other matchup issues. Yeah, and they have more shooters now. Yeah. So, so yeah. you got the Sixers coming out of the East? I think so. Wow. All right, let's go to the West. I mean, obviously we are a little more mm-hmm. pressed for time, but I'm gonna say I don't need to talk about the Wolves. I'm gonna talk about the Rockets, Garbage. the Kings, the Thunder. Uh, the Grizzlies are doing as expected, sixteen and sixteen. I'd say is pretty impressive for yeah. the injuries that they've had with Jaron Jackson Jr. and, mm-hmm. and Jaw. But Pelicans, fifteen and twenty-one, they've been shoved in our faces like crazy. I think it's a weirdly constructed roster. I mean, it's good to see Lonzo doing better. Mm-hmm. They have a huge problem closing out games. Yeah. Ingram, same thing as he was in LA, as I say, he doesn't close out games. I love him. I really like Ingram. Mm-hmm. Doesn't close out games. Zion, as great as he's played offensively, he's a complete lug on defense. Yeah. I think the issue with Ingram is that he Ingram needs to be the franchise player somewhere, and he wasn't with in LA because of LeBron. He's not in New Orleans now because of Zion, um, and, and and that's kind of that, that kind of doesn't work out for him because he doesn't fit necessarily in in the way that the Pelicans offense runs with with Zion, and they run a lot of pick and rolls with with Zion as the ball handler and, and do they. And, yeah, Zion as the ball handler. Yeah, they've they've been. I think they do like like fifteen or sixteen a game with Zion as the ball handler, and and then they have a guard screen for him, which which causes a lot of a lot of matchup issues because if you have someone like Jay Reddick screening for Zion, then Reddick's freed up for a jumper, or Zion's freed up for for a J- inside. JJ maybe having the worst season of his entire career. Oh yeah, he's playing like garbage. This he's year. completely washed. It seems he's averaging mm-hmm. nine points a game. Yeah, I don't know when the last time he was that he averaged on double figures, but. What do you think about the Pels? Like, do you think they're gonna make the? Uh, no. By the way, I mean, Stephen Adams has missed a couple of games, but do you think they're gonna make the no playoffs? What about playing? Uh, maybe the, playing. Which this, are they now? The ninth. When are we gonna start calling out this team for how disappointing they are? Like, what? I mean, the, the, I if the national media is gonna shove them in our face, everyone thinks everyone thought this team was gonna be. Oh, don't see the Pelicans next year when Zion's healthy. Well, they're healthy and they're trash. I don't. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything. From That's what you see Zion as he is. But it's not that I even I even see Zion as he is. I just see the Pelicans as they are. Yeah, I should say right? that's better. Better. Like, that's a better way of saying. I mean, not just Zion. Zion's great, but he obviously needs to lose weight. He's it's his second year in the league. They have a you closing know. issue, and they have a weird. They have a closing co- issue. They have Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball around Zion and a and a non-stretching center. Mm-hmm. That's not like it's, ideal it's, in today's it's a, league. It's a poorly constructed team. They need to make some moves in the offseason. They're young. I. 
I think obviously they're shoving in our faces because of because of Zion. They but, are. You know. Hey, but here's the thing. If 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 Zion wasn't who he is and wasn't this big franchise name, no one would give a shit about the Pelicans. I think if you're on the Pelicans, though, I got to make the plane over Memphis. They're ninth yeah. and tenth right now. But the, yeah. the, 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 the you know what's funny is they make the point. I, I think the Pelicans the have plan. played four more games, almost all of them resulting in losses against the Chris, like over the Grizzlies. Yeesh. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, the Warriors, I think they're doing exactly how we expected. Yeah, like one game, but, but they're ninth right now. The Mavericks have jumped back into the playoff spots yeah. as they should. I think once I think again, same thing as we said about Trey Young with Luca. Mm-hmm. He's better version, but it's it's just Luca with the ball constantly, yeah. and people make a ton of excuses for the rest. When Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson, THJ, the Trey Burke, these guys can all create. The thing, the thing about you know Chris Stapps is when he's healthy, and if you get him in spots, he can, he can be an unguardable player. I mean, I, I saw it in. But New he needs York. to be willing to get his ass I in saw, those spots I saw too. it in New York. He he, if if you get him in that like ten to fifteen foot range, that high post, if if his back is to the basket or face up. You know, and like I said about um, about Russ, if he gets a couple buckets inside, he gets a couple good touches in the mid range, then stretch him out to the three point line. You know, there's nothing you can do to guard him. I think that the Mavs are doing a good job of pandering to the to 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 the to the audience and knowing that okay, what's best for the team. What's best for the team's viewership and for the fans? It's for Luca to have thirty and ten. It's for Luca to have the ball, and that's that's fine because you know they know that they're not going to win win a title. Well, they, the, thing is, the thing is though, this is a predictable. It's a, with the Clippers. We figured it out. It's like just get the when that happens, you just get the ball out of Luca's hands at the top. Yeah, and then let them play four on three in like high pressure situations. It's just yeah. like not. It's like it's not the way you cohesively make everybody a a threat. That's yeah. just like oh, we'd rather have Luca just get rid of the ball. And that comes from Luca needs to yeah. develop a little more off ball game. I just don't think they're trying to win a championship right now, and they're just trying to market the team a little better. Most surprising team in the West for me: San Antonio Spurs sitting in the seventh spot, eighteen and fourteen. They're surprising and they're not surprising. Yeah, because like, it's pop, but it's just, still, it's man. Pop and Dejounte Murray, Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson. These guys have been good. They they have Patty Mills, dude. They have a good roster and a decent roster. They have a, they have a decent roster and they have a coach who's going to bring the best best out of best all out the, of players. the players and then you have a good coaching staff becky hammond's been doing a really great job she's really really active i think that i think pop's probably going to retire in the next three years mm. i think he's probably he's looking for his way Courting out ben, becky to be the coach yeah oh becky's definitely going to be the coach i mean she I and mean, she's the lead assistant yeah so and and this past offseason her name was floated around to be the to to Take a head coach job, head coaching job somewhere, and she was just like, "No, nah, I'm not." So it's clear, it's clear that she's waiting for for Pop to retire. Yeah, if you look at the Spurs all mm-hmm. around, uh, DeRozan twenty a game, Dejounte Murray sixteen, Keldon Johnson fourteen, Lamarcus Aldridge fourteen, Patty Mills thirteen, mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker eleven, Rudy Gay eleven. It's just a lot mm-hmm. of guys in double figures, a lot of balance. Um, do you think that they finish in the playoff spots? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So who's the, the team that misses out? Is it the Warriors or is it the Mavs? Mavs. Wow. They still yeah. just make the plan. Well, the. The only reason I want them, I think the Mavs, is because we have their pick. Oh, okay. So we have their first round pick. So if they if they don't make the playoffs, then you know, and they get a lottery pick, it's better for us. Nuggets starting to do better at twenty one and fifteen. Yoke just had a great season. They've really missed guys all over the season. Yeah. I think they'll be fine though. I think that this year though, I see them as a second round team exit. Yeah, I think I think losing Jeremy Grant was a big loss. Um, yeah, huge I, loss. I mean, I, unless I, they play uh, Lakers or Clippers first round. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna beat them in the first round. No, but I, I still think it was a it was a it was a big loss. I still will not understand why he decided to leave 
a winning but, but team for the same amount of money. For the same amount of money, a winning team in Denver for a yeah, a, an awful team. He wanted to put up stats, I guess. You he know, wanted his own he, team. Yeah, but yeah, you don't I agree just, with it. I just if if he was getting more money, that makes sense. Yeah, but, but he's the not. Same amount of money, like yeah. It, but. Then you have uh, the Blazers, who Dame's just, I think it's just safe to say, just Dame, Cantor, they've been killing it. Yeah. Uh, for CJ and Nurkic. But here's my thing. It's when this, is, it's got, yeah, what? When does CJ come back? Is he out for the season? Or? No, he's not out for the season. I think he's going to come back, I don't know how many, how long is it going to be out for, but I think it's going to be the same as normal, though. Like, yeah. it's an amazing Dame carry job, and they're going to lose mm-hmm. in the first round. I just think. Yeah, they'll make it. I'm, I love Dame. It, but like, it just, it depends on who they get in the first round. I think it's obviously possible that they make it to the second round. It's going to be tough, man. It, 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 it'll be tough. I, I don't want to count them out. I do think that they're most likely a first-round exit team. Um, it just depends on where they finish. It mm-hmm. depends on if the Mavs continue to improve. Um, I think that they're kind of at a point where they're going to plateau just because, you know, yeah. no, they're not... Rick Carlisle's not really doing much to change the offense. He's not... So, I don't, that's what I'm really surprised at because he's yeah. such a smart coach, but he's become like just... They just do the modern garbage. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the to end it off with the, the big four in the end. Yeah. Clippers at the four seed right now, twenty four and fourteen. The Lakers are half a game above, mm-hmm. twenty four and thirteen. The Suns have propelled to second, twenty four and eleven. I had them fifth. They've really impressed, but yeah. I don't think there's too much to say about the Suns. I think that I cover them all the time, and I've said a lot about Aiton, about Book, about Chris mm-hmm. Paul. I think Book's been unbelievable. I think Chris Paul's been. It's awesome how he still yeah. continues to go strong. Um, my and question to you is, and Monty Williams has been amazing. James Jones for building the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikael Bridges, shout out to all the Suns. They've been killing yeah. it. Uh, do you see them as a guarantee to get out of the first round this year? The Suns? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that you can't you can't say they're a guarantee to the get matchup. out of the first round because because depending on the matchup and also this is like the first time they've been where they are. Yeah, so, it's, their, it's a new thing for them. You know, Suns haven't been in the playoffs in ten years. Exactly, so, eleven years actually. You know, since Nash, right? Since twenty ten, yeah. Yeah. So so this is something that's new for all of them. And you don't know how they're going to perform in the playoffs. You don't know how Book is going to perform in the playoffs. You know what you're going to get from CP, but you don't know what you're going to get from Aiton. And I, think, I know. And, I think. I think Book's going to be great in the playoffs. I, I do too, but you don't know that. You know that's yeah. the, and that's the thing is that some some players, you know, playoff time they come and they just go into another gear. I think no some, fans may help though. You know, and some players, you know, they go into playoffs and they just don't play as well. Like they DeRozan? just don't play as well, like DeRozan, yeah. And and so and like I said, this is Book's first playoff series, and you know it's. I think I want to say that they're going to be a first round. They're going to, sorry, not they're they're going to make it out of the first round. I think depending on the matchup they get in the second round, they could make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, you know, I think I think the Clips have been Clips have been better. Yeah, just um, the, the problem is Kawhi and Paul George miss games constantly, so we don't build mm-hmm. any rhythm in terms of winning no. streaks anymore. And they have a we have a serious problem closing out games because Kawhi can't get by anybody at the yeah. end of games and. Doesn't want to get in the post either to make it easier for himself to get around the basket. No. And then Paul George doesn't get enough calls, so he settles for jumpers too much. And yeah. doesn't go up strong half the time. And then we just fall into the ISO trap. Yeah. But, I mean, we you talk about the Clippers a lot on here. Yeah. So, so it's not, you yeah. know, everyone knows. Same with the Lakers. To me, it's just AD getting uh, healthy. I think mm-hmm. LeBron's been awesome. I think that he's getting way too much credit from the sexuals, though. <laughs> way too much because he's still taking games off. We've seen it. He plays, yeah. but... Yeah, but I mean... I mean, I'd rather have LeBron taking Take, games off while playing than have... No, I know that. You know, I would rather, too. I'm just saying, 
Yeah. And we're talking MVPs. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same as Embiid, who is not MVP. Yeah. I mean, his you only know MV, His only MVP argument is that he's in what year eighteen or nineteen or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that he's thirty six. Like that's that's yeah. those those are his only like credible and MVP he's arguments. He's playing a lot of games because I mean, he plays out. well and stuff like that. Which is you know, give we'll give LeBron all the credit he deserves. He's been playing phenomenal basketball and and you know he's amazing. He's, out. he's truly the leader of this team. And yeah. you know, I'm concerned when AD comes back. I think. He's gonna come back even softer. That's that's. You I know? was gonna say that's when I think make prevent them from winning the championship. You know? Is AD not gonna be a hundred percent? Is he not gonna be up to scratch? And then LeBron makes some mistakes along the way too. If they get if if the Lakers get Philly, and in, in, in the finals, here's here's what if, I think. if the Lakers okay. get Philly in the finals, I'm taking Philly in seven. Here's what I think though. I think if the Lakers get to the championship, the only team I think that can beat them is Brooklyn, hmm. because. I just feel as though they will expose AD because th- th- he's gonna have to be the difference in that series. Yeah, but, but I, I think the same thing with 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 the with the the Sixers. Yeah, I feel you. I just think that Embiid is more willing to go in the post than Embiid and the AD. He's more willing to yeah. be aggressive. That's why I think they can they can uh, beat them easier. The I think with the Lakers is if if because here's the thing we talk ending with the Jazz. I mean yeah. the Jazz have been great. Yeah. Whether you think they're pretenders or not. If the Lakers to to beat the Jazz this year with all the chemistry they have, they're gonna need a great AD. So if yeah. AD needs to play well, if he's playing to the level where okay, the Lakers beat the Jazz, they part, maybe they beat the Clippers along the way or something. They get to the finals. To me, I think that the Lakers are the favorite. They should win. Yeah, yeah. It just there's no excuse for AD. It just depends on because the thing is is that if if you have Anthony the, the Sixers, you have Ben Simmons is playing playing great defense this year, and I think if they if they do run a man to man defense, and you have Ben on. Ben on LeBron, that's I mean the best you can do against him. Yeah. I don't know who's gonna guard Embiid. Is it gonna be AD? AD's too soft. Is it gonna be Mark? Mark's too slow. AD. Is it gonna be Trez? Trez is not good defensively. I have more. I have more confidence in Anthony Davis guarding Embiid than scoring on him. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that I think Embiid's not afraid to to to, to beat you up. And so what's going to happen is, is, is AD is going to guard him and he's not afraid to kind of get beat up defensively. But the thing is, he's going to be even more hesitant to go inside and attack offensively because he just took a beating on yeah. the defensive end. Yeah. And that, I mean, this is only if they meet in the finals, of course. And, and, then, and then the thing is, is that with Embiid is that Embiid can guard, you know, Embiid can guard the three point line. You know, you look at someone like, like Olajuwon, for instance, and you look at that game six against the Knicks. The reason they they won that series and the reason they won that game is because Olajuwon was quick enough to switch on that pick and roll and was quick enough to, to pick Starks up and contest that shot. And who knows if, if if he wasn't quick enough and didn't contest the shot and Starks hits it, you know. But the thing is, Embiid is quick enough to do that. Embiid's quick enough to, to guard someone off the dribble and, and to help off a pick and roll and, and to be a legitimate defensive threat wherever he is on the court. Um, so I really just hope I hope that Anthony Davis comes back aggressive. He comes back hungry. He comes back ready to play. I really don't want to see him on the fucking three point line. You know, get some buckets. Then once everyone's drawing towards you, once you're drawing easy. doubles, then you know take a couple corner threes. But don't yeah. don't fucking. My biggest, you're not a fucking point guard. My biggest thing is this: the two things, Lakers. Biggest concern is getting AD back healthy and, and getting yeah. it. Because in my opinion, if you don't get a great Anthony Davis like we saw last year, you're not getting out of the West. No, you're not. Absolutely not. Clippers closing problems and health. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's the Jazz, it. The Jazz aren't. I mean, I would be surprised if the Jazz made the finals. Yeah, me too. I think they get bounced out in the second or third round. Second um, or third. They definitely get into the second round. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, if they can avoid the LA teams, they definitely mm-hmm. get into the conference finals. Yeah. Uh, my question to you is to end it off. Who you got coming out of the West still? Lakers still? Lakers. I yeah. say so too. Yeah. All right, that's it for tonight. Uh, right around the hour or tonight. That's it for today. Right around the hour. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about the second half of the season. Who you got going to the finals? Uh, peace out. And you'll probably see Lucas in the playoffs. Hopefully, we'll yeah. talk about some Knicks basketball. Hopefully, hopefully. Peace. Know. Peace. Thank you.